Can the Sabres pull off the upset? Sabres and Lightning, Thursday night in Tampa. You're locked on Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is the Locked On Sabres podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Sabres and Lightning coming your way Thursday night at 7 o'clock at Amali Arena in Tampa Bay. We got the full preview for you on today's show. So thanks for tuning in at Sneaky Joe Sports to follow me on Twitter at Locked On Sabres for the podcast account. YouTube, search Locked On Sabres. Be sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a review. Uh, we always appreciate the comments and the questions as well. I got a lot of love on the Jacob Chikrin idea from our last episode, the idea that we've been talking about all season. Not like it's a new idea. And I want to talk more about him in the next week as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline, the deadline a week from Friday. So we are eight days out. Uh, but more of that to come in the coming episodes. We got a game to preview against the Tampa Bay Lightning, a very tough opponent, another very hard game for the Sabres as they begin their Florida trip here with two games, back-to-back nights, Thursday in Tampa, Friday night against the Florida Panthers. And I said this about the Leafs game earlier in the week that, if the Sabres are going to win a couple of these games on this stretch, do it against Florida and do it against Washington. A win against Tampa would be great. It would look great in the standings. It would have Sabre fans right back perking up again after that loss to Toronto on Tuesday. But this is as tough as an opponent as you're going to find. And you've got two games coming up against two opponents that you are battling with in the standings. And it does appear that Don Granado does have an understanding of how valuable that is as Eric Comrie is going to start in goal for the Sabres against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Just his third start since returning from injury. Um, he has not played great in either one of these wins that he's had since returning from the ankle injury. Um, by the way, fourth start, excuse me, fourth start uh, since he returned from injury. Two wins back-to-back, one on uh, eight days ago uh, against Anaheim and then before the bye week against the Winnipeg Jets. So they're very spread out, but Comrie, remember, saved 38 of 43, which is not great. Five goals allowed on 43 shots, but he did get wins in both of those games. He did just enough for them to be able to win timely saves, especially against Anaheim. And it's not that they're punting this game against Tampa, but it's Granado to me showing a recognition for, Hey, we're in a playoff race. We play Florida who is immediately above us in the standings uh, on, on Friday night. Let's put Comrie in, in there on Thursday. And then we'll go to our number one on Friday. I do have a question as to who the number one is though. Let's talk about the goaltending for a little bit before we get to the Tampa matchup more specifically. The goaltending situation, they've had three goalies for a long time. Elliot Friedman wrote it in his 32 thoughts that one of the reasons they did that, Don Granato and Kevin Adams went to the veteran players on the team, like Kyle Poso, and asked what they thought about the situation. And the Sabres veteran players made the case for, let's keep three. Let's keep all three guys up here. And really what that might have just been is, hey, don't send Lukanen down. Because... Anderson was here and Comrie was here. Don't send Lukanen down. We'll, we'll figure out what else we could do. And they didn't. And Lukanen gave them some good games, but he has struggled 
a few in a row. Uh, a few in a row. He played really well against San Jose. Um, I want to give him that. But the production has certainly gone down. He has allowed four or more goals in three of his last four games. Um, that San Jose, game, San Jose game mixed in there. And Craig Anderson, statistically, by far, is the Sabres' best goaltender this year. It's really not close. Save percentage on the season. Craig Anderson is at a 915 in a season where 904 is the league average. Eric Comrie is at an 883, and Ukapeka Lukanen is at an 893. And if you look at goals saved above expected, well, out of 70 goaltenders, Eric Comrie ranks 61st, Lukanen ranks 44th, and Anderson ranks 27th. Not great, but a lot better than the other two. So all year, Craig Anderson has been their best goaltender. My wonder becomes, will they begin to treat him like the number one goaltender at any point this year? Would they not feel comfortable treating Craig Anderson as the number one goaltender because he's 41 years old? And I think it's pretty apparent that the deal that they had in place, even if it was a wink, wink, nod, nod to Anderson was, you're 41, we got Lucan and we got Comrie. We're not going to ask you to play 55 to 60 games. We're not going to, we're one or once or twice a week. It's all we're going to ask from you. And you, you won't get overworked. And, you know, you could play out this year. You could continue to be a part of the group. You can, you can, you know, help us out as the backup goaltender. And that's the deal. Is there any variation from that deal? Because more and more, especially looking at the numbers, the numbers support this more than anything. He's your best goaltender. Can, can I say that? Frankly, I don't even want to couch it anymore. Like, well, Lukanen is more capable of higher play. Of course, he's more capable because of his youth and his athleticism. But this season, right here and now, from October, what was their first game? October 15th, whatever. From October 1st to February 23rd, Craig Anderson has been the Buffalo Sabres' best goaltender. And would they, if they wanted to, feel comfortable going to him three times a week instead of once a week and starting 70% of the remaining games? Would they feel he can handle that? Would they feel his production would, would stay the same if he were to play more? All this to say... I'm very curious to see what they do on Friday night against the Florida Panthers. Lukanen started Tuesday against Toronto. Anderson did play the game, most of it. We might want to count that as his start. That's his work of the week. It's usually about what he gets. If they go to Anderson Friday against Florida, that will be the first indication to me that Don Granado is going to begin treating him like the number one goaltender. I don't know that they are. It's, it's, I wonder. It's Friday is going to be a very big test for this. And I think Comrie at the moment playing against Tampa, he has an opportunity to play UPL out of a job. He's won back-to-back games. Yeah, the stats aren't there. But Lucan is struggling. Can Comrie play well enough to where the Sabres start to think about, I'm not saying they'll do it yet, but they'll start to think about, maybe we can send Lucan down. Gain his confidence in Rochester. Give him a bunch of games there to further his development. And we'll roll with Anderson as the starter and Comrie as the backup in the next little bit. Can Comrie play well enough to put that idea in the Sabres' minds? Because so far, he has not played well enough to put that in the Sabres' minds. Lukanen has been the second-best goaltender in the Sabres this year. 
far and away better than Comrie. And he's won a lot of games. So my pecking order right now, I know I, a week ago, I think I said that Luka should start 70 games. But my pecking order right, 70%. My pecking order right now, Anderson number one. Lucan in number two and Comrie number three. And as this race progresses and the season gets later and later and the rate standings get tighter and tighter, are they going to increase the workload of Craig Anderson? It's my big question about the Sabres and their roster management and their, their lineup management at this very moment. We'll take a timeout here when we come back. A preview of Sabres and Lightning. What Tampa might do in that? Their lineup, what they look like stats-wise on the season, they are a juggernaut uh, for sure. We'll get an update on the hunt. We'll uh, look around the standings in the Eastern Conference playoff race, what happened on uh, Wednesday night, and also what to expect on Thursday night before we get to sneaky good bets in the back half of today's show. It's all ahead on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. When we get to sneaky good bets, we will do that at FanDuel Sportsbook. The midway point of the NBA season. It's the final stretch of the NHL season, and it is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, secure, and very easy to use. Then you can bet on everything. Point scores, threes drained in the NBA. You could bet on dunks. You could bet on goals scored in the NHL. Over-under save props. Uh, you could bet over-under 28.5 saves for Eric Comrie against the Tampa Bay Lightning on Thursday night. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Super quick payout. Sometimes I'll get the payout before I even see it on TV because I'm a streamer uh, and there's a little bit of a delay. So don't miss out. Don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Sneaky Joe DiBiase. Finn, somewhere upstairs here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Uh, No idea what he's yelling about. So Tampa Bay and the Buffalo Sabres go to battle on Thursday night at Amelie Arena in Tampa. Uh, we do not know, we do not know who is starting in goal for Tampa at time of recording, but I might want to guess that Brian Elliott gets a look. I don't know that, but we'll see. Andre Vasilevsky has played a lot as of late. In fact, Elliott in the last 15 days has only started once. And Vasilevsky has started the rest. Now, that's usually how they operate, I will say, because the Lightning, the Lightning have played, oh, what is it, 19 or 14? The Lightning have only played Brian Elliott 14 games this year to Andre Vasilevsky's 42. But now they're at a point where they have 75 points. They're three points back at Toronto. Um, they're gonna they're gonna fight for home ice against Toronto, but that's really all they're playing for. Florida is the next closest team in the East in the, in the Atlantic to catch Tampa. And they are, they're not, they're 11 points back and Tampa is four games in hand. They're not going anywhere and they're not catching Boston who is 16 points. ahead. they're going to play the Maple Leafs in the first round of the playoffs. So now that they have matchup certainty for their remaining 26 games, why overwork Andre Vasilevsky? And so since he's played a lot of their last few games, Brian Elliott, I can see Brian Elliott's workload going up rest of the year. Makes sense, right? It's logical uh, that you would want Vasilevsky fresh going into the, the playoffs when you're not playing for anything the rest of the regular season, other than who gets game seven. So 
which is not nothing, especially against Toronto, but you know, you might not care about it that much. So we'll see. Brian Elliott is the Sabre killer. We all know his record against the Sabres. He's one of the most winningest goaltenders against the Sabres of all time. So we'll see what they do in that. Their line combinations, you know, a lot of familiar faces, uh, a little bit of shifting though. The Stamkos, Braden Point, Nikita Kucherov line that has been a super line for three, four years running now has been changed up. Brandon Hagel, former Buffalo Sabre prospect draft pick. He is on the top line with Braden Point at center and Nikita Kucherov on the wing. Steven Stamkos is down to line two with Anthony Sorelli and Alex Kalorn. More of a... um, more of a balanced look, if you will, for the Lightning. And Hagel is having an incredible season. 22 goals and 25 assists, 47 points playing on that top line. He is fourth on the team in scoring. And he, I mean, of course, we, we'll, we've talked about him before. The Sabres decided not to retain his rights. Jason Bottrell decided not to when he was the GM. This is already his best season. He's already set his career high in points with 47. He had 44 last year and he's three goals away from his career high in goals. He's only played, you know, this is only his third season really in the NHL. Um, But Hagel's having a terrific season uh, for the Tampa Bay lightning. And he's on the top line. The rest of the unit, by the way, Nick Paul with Patrick Maroon and Ross Ross Colton, uh, Pierre Edward Belmar, Corey Perry, and Vladislav Nemestikov on the fourth line, the blue line. There's Zach Bogosian on the top pair with Victor Hedman. You know, I've been very critical of Zach Bogosian throughout his entire career, and I'll continue to do that right here. Just a wonder. Victor Hedman's had his worst two seasons in a long time these last two years. He's still, what, the 20th best defenseman in hockey? But he's not the Norris guy that he was a few years ago. Coincidence? Coincidence that he started playing with Zach Bogosian in the last two years, and he went from Norris guy to really great. But that's about it. Just throwing it out there. Mikhail Sergachev, Eric Cernak on the second pair, Ian Cole, and Nicholas Perbix on the third pair. Not a name I had. Uh, Vasilevsky and Elliott, of course, are the goaltenders, and we'll see what they do. Update on the hunt before we get to a betting preview of tonight's game. The hunt, the Eastern Conference playoff race, a win by the New York Islanders on Wednesday night, 2-1 to one over the Winnipeg Jets, which means the Islanders now have won Back-to-back games, they've won six of their last 10. They have gained 14 of their last 20 points. And that's without Matthew Barzell uh, last night. He was injured with a knee injury. He is out uh, indefinitely with the, with that knee injury. So now the Islanders are in the top wildcard spot in the East. They have seven more points than the Sabres, but they have played five more games, six more games. So if the Sabres go... 500, they're right there with the Islanders in those games in hand. And they could close the gap here on Thursday if they get a win against Tampa. Islanders, not high on my list of teams I'm worried about. That pecking order would still go. Florida, Pittsburgh. I don't know who my third team might be now. Detroit, Washington, and the Islanders are all kind of the same to me. Ottawa, I think, is better than all three of those teams, but they're coming from further back. Um, So those are the two teams, though. Still Florida and Pittsburgh for me. And the Islanders are, you know... They're sneaky decent, but I think they're going to they're gonna fall out. Tonight, so Thursday night's games that do, do not involve the Sabres, they're all going to be 7 o'clock games, so you have to track them while the Sabres are playing. And you'll have some easy decisions here. Ducks at the Capitals, go Anaheim. Oilers at the Penguins, go Edmonton. Rangers at the Red Wings, go New York. 
Those are your three games to watch. You want to win by the Oilers. You want to win by the Ducks. You want to win by the Rangers. How likely are those three outcomes? Well, the Ducks are a huge underdog. Washington favored minus 345 in that game. So don't cross your fingers on the Ducks pulling out a result for you. But Pittsburgh and Edmonton is close. Pittsburgh only minus 115, so almost a coin flip between those two teams. And then the Rangers are actually a favorite at Detroit, minus 155. So uh, the Rangers might be the most likely help that the Sabres will get on Thursday. When we come back, sneaky good bets. Locked on Sabres podcast, Joe DiBiase here. And thank you for tuning in, as always, and making us your first listen every day. Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Sneaky good bets time. I love my bets, and I did hit on the under last night. Islanders and Winnipeg Jets, only three goals. And an over-under of five and a half. You just had to know. That's something. All right, uh, let's go, though, to good bets as we share on our YouTube channel our odds of uh, this game. The Sabres are an underdog. No surprise there by any means. Uh, plus 176 on the money line uh, for the Sabres. Minus 220 for Tampa. My first sneaky good bet of the night, though, is going to be Sabres on the puck line. Plus a goal and a half at minus 130. Uh, I think the Sabres are going to keep this one close. They are fresh after a couple of games, and I think they're going to be fired up. I can only imagine what that locker room was like after the Leafs loss. Alex Tuck was fired up when talking to the media, and he really did call out his teammates. Let's be real. He said no one was ready for that game. Nobody was ready to step up. And I have to imagine the veterans in that locker room, Kyle Posa was running around like a madman on Tuesday against Toronto. He was pissed, and so was Alex Tuck. Both of those guys were running and hitting everything that moved. And they're the two two of the loudest voices on that team in that locker room. And I have to imagine Kyle Posa and Alex Tuck got in the ears of some of those young players after Tuesday night, and they're going to come out rolling and on all firing on all cylinders Thursday against Tampa. I'm not picking them to win, but I am keep picking them to keep it close enough. Second sneaky good bet. I'm going to go with over a goal and a half in the first period. Here's why. Eight of the last nine games between these two teams, the Sabres and the Lightning, Eight of the last nine games, the first period over has hit. They've gone over a goal and a half in eight of their last nine first periods. The Sabres are just the team for this bet. They can score in bunches. They can have six goal periods by themselves. And on the flip end, we just saw it against Toronto. They gave up four. They can allow four in one period very easily. Sabres are the perfect team for this bet. It's happened eight of the last nine times. I'm going with over a goal and a half in the first period. And then... Elks Tuck, I mentioned his comments, how fired up he was. He scored an incredible goal against Toronto. And I believe it's six games in a row. I believe the number is, never mind, it's four games in a row against the Eastern Conference opponent that Tuck has a point. Uh, so I'm going to go with Alex Tuck to record a point in this game at minus 158. Uh, so you have to eat some of the odds on that one, well, minus 158 uh, for you non-betters out there. You'd have to bet 100. Um, you have to bet 158 to win 100, excuse me. So I'm going Alex Tuck to record a point in this game. He's been playing phenomenal hockey as of late. Thompson's back going a little bit, so that produces some more offense. Uh, Tuck to record a point. First period over a goal and a half. And Sabres on the puck line plus a goal and a half at minus 130. Those are your sneaky good bets for Thursday night's game against the Tampa Bay Lightning. 
And that is going to do it for us here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. Appreciate everybody tuning in to today's show. As always, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Sabres. And uh, be sure to give us a like and hit the subscribe button and give us a review, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you may be listening or watching. We'll talk to you tomorrow, hopefully, recapping a Sabre win against the Lightning and previewing another Sabre win against the Florida Panthers. Can only be hopeful. We'll talk to you tomorrow here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast.